Good morning, friends. Welcome to worship at Open Table. I'm going to invite folks to find a seat. It is so good to see all of your faces this morning in the midst of summer and travel and on a beautiful warm day. A couple of announcements as we get started today. Um, the first of which is that today we are having our second day of Vacation Bible School um, with Chrissy and Millie and all of the youth and children. Um, we rescheduled doing the behind the scenes tour of the sanctuary since I was unable to be here last week. So we will be doing that today and having lots of fun. Chrissy was cooking this morning in the kitchen and so the kids are going to have some yummy food and other things, so please make sure to stay for Vacation Bible School, and if you have any questions about that, feel free to see Chrissy or Millie and ask them about it. A couple of other announcements. Our next All Music Sunday is July 30th. Your bulletin says August 30th, and that is a lie. It's July 30th, so our next All Music Sunday is just a few weeks from now, next week. Oh my gosh, next week. Um, so if you are willing or interested in contributing to our all music service, we would love to have you. What that looks like is if you are somebody who loves to sing, and it doesn't matter if it's good or not, just if you like to do it, to make a joyful noise, we would love to hear you make a joyful noise. If you dance, if you rhythmically recite words, whatever thing you do, I, the, poetry, that's what that is, sorry. <laughs> Whatever it is that you do, we would love to invite people to contribute to that. All music, our All Music Sunday is meant to be a day that's like a shared celebration and creation of praising God together. A couple of other announcements. We have rolled out our open table calendar from August to October. And so we want to invite you to grab one of these. This calendar has the major events that people might want to be paying attention to, looking forward to a couple of things. We're going to have our next millennial meetup, um, which we do welcome Gen Zers who are above the age of 18. Um, we're going to have, essentially, it's just young adults. If you're between the age of 18 and 40, you are invited. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to eat ice cream together at Two Roosters, which is around the corner from here. If you didn't know, they launch new flavors every month. And so beginning of August is a great time to meet. We can sample new flavors. You can get a flight of ice cream and sample all of their flavors. And so if that speaks to you, please come join us. They do have dairy free and allergen friendly options. Our next uh, Season Saints, which is our 50 plus group. Um, their lunch is going to be that following Sunday. A couple of things to pay attention to. At the end of August, we are going to be doing an open block party. So in the side yard, which is right there, um, we're going to have a party going on. We're going to have the bounce house out. We're going to have a little bit of a cookout going. Um, we've talked to admin Nick about maybe him and some of his friends playing some live music for us. Um, we're just going to have fun party games and outdoor things and hopefully invite the community and the neighbors and people to just come hang out and fellowship together on a beautiful day. Some other stuff coming up in August, we're going to have a youth Sunday. All of our youth are going to be leading worship for us, which is going to be great. We're looking forward to another karaoke night, this time in the fellowship hall and a potluck with that because everyone loves a potluck. So you can come and eat and you don't have to sing or you can do both. 
We're going to be doing a cookout for the young adults. Something special to look forward to is we're going to be doing a healing music service in September. For those of you who don't know, our administrator, Nick, not our music minister, Nick, um, administrator Nick is also a music Nick. Um, he's, his background is in music composition. Nick has composed scores for documentaries that the North Carolina Museum of Art made. He's done a lot of freelancing work. He worked in churches as a musician for like 10 years in New York. And when he started working with us as an administrator, he did so because he felt like he needed a break. But several months ago, he approached the rest of the staff and said, I have been praying about it and I feel like God is calling me to compose a healing service for the church. And so this is going to be a service that Nick has worked on. It's um, music that he himself has composed. Um, we're doing it on a Sunday afternoon and so the light in here will be beautiful. Um, the sun shines through these beautiful stained glass windows and it's just meant to be a time of like peace and rest for your soul. A couple of other things to look forward to. In October, we will be celebrating another Hispanic Heritage Month Sunday. Last year we did this. Some of our friends in our community led a beautiful worship service for us. And then afterwards, folks in our community shared food from their countries of origin or from their own traditions. And then Senora Vicky came and taught us some Hispanic dances. And so we had a good time. And so those of you who are interested in that, maybe talk to Millie as she helped us put that together last year. And then lastly, we will be doing in October also a talent show, which should be fun. Whatever your skill is, even if it's incredibly mediocre, we would love for you to share that. And the point of that is that we are going to be invited our youth to be selling concessions at the talent show, and that will be a fundraiser for pilgrimage in November, which is a trip we take with the youth annually. And so while it is a fun community event, it's also going to be a fundraiser for our youth. And then lastly, in October, we'll be doing our usual spooky Sunday, which is when folks come to church in whatever Halloween garb they would like to. And then after church, we have a party in the side yard. We give away a best costume award. We eat food together and play games and all of that good stuff. So that's a quick review of everything on your calendar, but the staff and I have been super excited. The fall looks like it's gonna be really fun. So please take one of those calendars home. If you have questions about any of those events, feel free to see Chrissy or I. We're really excited about them. And with all of that, Will you stand as you are able in body or spirit and join me for our call to worship? Despite hardship, our ancestors dared to dream God-sized dreams. Do it again, Lord. Dream big dreams through us today. Invisible God, be visible through our faith today. Will we stop building a better future because of evil? Will we concede our neighborhoods because evil walks the streets? No, God will judge all evildoers. Come now, Lord, 
and fulfill your dreams in us today. At this time, friends, I invite you to greet your neighbor with the peace and love of Christ, with the reminder that if someone crosses their arms in front of their body, they do not want to be touched. <laughs>
Good morning again, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us today for Worship at Open Table. And as you find your way back to your seats, please stand as you are able to join me in singing this morning's hymn. We're going to sing, My Hope is Built. You can find it in your hymnal as hymn 368. We'll do verses 1, 3, and 4. built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand his oath his covenant his blood support me in the whelming flood when all around my soul gives way he then is all my hope and stay. On Christ the solid rock I stand, all other ground is sinking sand, all other ground is sinking sand. When he shall come with trumpet sound oh may i then in him be found dressed in his righteousness alone faultless to stand before the throne on christ the solid rock i stand all other ground is sinking sand all other ground is sinking sand you may be seated as we gather together to pray this morning friends I wanted to thank you for your prayers over the past week and for allowing me to take a moment away last week. I hope that the Reverend Heather Kilborn was a blessing as she always is. Heather is such a gifted pastor and was willing to jump into worship with less than 24 hours notice. And so I'm so grateful for her and for you all um, just for being kind to me and letting me be away. Um, my grandmother, was just a saint among saints. And so she formed who I am as a person and is a lot of why I'm a pastor. And so getting to spend some time away with my family and my mom was a gift to me that I wanted to thank you for. And at this time, friends, I'd like to invite you to join me in prayer. And so the Lord be with you. Holy God, 
catch me in my anxiousness, in my scurrying. Hold me still to the things that keep me from living with you. Help me to stand with my neighbors, to see certainties that smother possibilities. Catch me in my busyness. Hold my heart to the beat of your grace. Allow me to find a resting place, a kneeling place, a comforting place in you. In this season of in-betweenness, when heat hangs high, when we are endlessly going and traveling and doing and looking forward, help us to remain still to find you. When life tries to smother out your quietness, when we get too busy looking around for more to do, help us to know that it is enough to just be. Grant us peace. For those of us who are sick, Grant us your healing presence. For those of us who are struggling and struggling in loneliness, grant us community, O oh God. For those of us who are grieving or hurting, give us your grace. Remind us of your mercy today and for all the days to come. God, we thank you for the gift of open table. Not just this building or this place, which is beautiful, but for the people who sit around us reflecting your image. God, each one of us individually is a gift. And we ask that we would take that gift and further transform it. That we together would be a beacon of light and hope and love to those around us. And God, we ask that you hear our words as we come together saying the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. At this time, those children who are here and would like to head out with Chrissy and Millie are invited to come forward and do so.
Our scripture lesson this morning, friends, comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30, and then 36 through 43. I invite you to hear these words from Matthew. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servant came and said, sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where did these weeds come from? The servant asked him, do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling up the weeds, you may root the wheat with them. Let them grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters, collect the weeds and tie them in bundles, then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. And jumping down to verse 36. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us this parable of the weeds in the field. And Jesus answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man. The field is in the world and the good seed stands for the sons of the kingdom. The weeds are the son of the evil one and the enemy who sows them is the devil who might be messing with our lights right now. <laughs> The son of man will send out his angels and they will weed out the kingdom of heaven. The harvest is at the end of the age and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. We will throw them in the fiery furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. This, friends, is the word of God for us, the people of God. If you are at all like me, friends, and you grew up around Christians who loved to preach about the end times, every time I read any of these scriptures that start to talk about burning things into fire or fiery end times or some things going over here or other things going over here, I start to feel a little panicky. These scriptures make me nervous. I grew up in a town that was largely Baptist, fundamentalist, Southern Baptist, and Pentecostal, and I was considered incredibly strange for being Methodist, but I wasn't quite as strange as the like two kids in my school that were Catholic. <laughs> Growing up around all of this rhetoric, this was not the type of rhetoric I heard in the church. The Methodist church I was in didn't preach about the end times, but being around so many other teenagers and young people who were talking about the end times all the time, I didn't necessarily believe they were right, but I often found myself worried, what if they are? More importantly, if the end times come, I wasn't necessarily concerned that I would find myself burning in hell, but that they would come at an inconvenient time to my life. As a teenager, I used to pray, God, please not yet. 
Jesus, do not come back now. I want to go to prom. (laughs) This is a real thing. I would ask Jesus to please wait on the rapture once while having a medical procedure done and under the influence of medications, I began talking to um, the person who'd taken me to that medical procedure, very concerned that the rapture would happen mid-procedure because that would be very uncomfortable for Jesus to beam me up and me be like in a gown. (laughs) These scriptures sometimes make us feel a little icky. They make us uncomfortable if we've been in traditions where any talk about the end times and fire just harms us. Last week, Heather read to you all the beginning of this set of passages out of Matthew. You read together the parable of the sower. In this parable, we hear about a sower who is pretty reckless with their seed. Someone who just throws seeds everywhere, on the path so that birds can eat it, who drops them on thorny ground so that seed is choked, who drops it on sallow ground and drops it in good soil. When you looked at this passage last week, it seems like you focus not on what kind of soil you are, but on the fact that this sower is incredibly reckless with their seed. That it makes no sense that whether you are good soil or thorny soil or soil that doesn't let seed take root, the sower in this parable still throws seed on you. Sometimes we focus on the soil in that scripture rather than the sower. That is what is before the scripture we read today, friends. I think it's important to remind us what the before is, what we're dealing with. And that is we are dealing with someone who's an incredibly bad farmer. I don't know if any of you grew up in a farming community. Shockingly, my community of mostly Baptist was also a farming community. Growing up, In that community, you don't plant things like this. This isn't how it works. In fact, you're wasting your seed, you're wasting your money, you're wasting your time. But Jesus tells us, the sower, that God will plant God's seed on any kind of soil. And while it may seem wasteful, it's good news for us because it means that Jesus just throws around love and grace and forgiveness without hesitation. That Jesus just gives it away and lets what will grow, grow. It's helpful to refresh ourselves what Jesus says before this scripture because as we read today, it's just a continuation of it. Jesus follows this parable of the sower with his parable of the weeds. And this parable seems to elicit a different question than the one before it. Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven and how it's like someone who sowed good seed in the field 
But the enemy comes in the night and plants weeds among the good grain. So when they both start to grow, you can't tell them apart. Upon their growing up, the household realizes somehow weeds have appeared among their grain and the head of the house instructs his workers, his slaves, not to pull the weeds out because they look so similar to the grain. The roots of the two have grown in together. They're intertwined and so in your, in your attempt to weed out the bad, you may also hurt the good. I think there's a sermon in itself right there. Instead, Jesus instructs them just to wait, to wait, to see how things will grow. And at the end, when everything is gathered up, they'll easily distinguish one from the other. Weeds could be thrown away and wheat can go into the barn and all will be well. There's a lot of different directions we could go with this story. But for those of you who have ever grown or planted anything, how many of you have been weeding and accidentally pulled out your own crop? Yeah, I used to regularly get scolded by my grandparents because as a child, I was regularly working in their garden and I thought it was a great deal. I'd work out in the sun in North Carolina summers and I'd get sunburnt because I am pale as all get out. And they would make me wear long pants so that things can't bite you and you have to wear tennis shoes and you know, the whole garden get up. And then I'd accidentally pull out a green bean stalk or something instead of weeds. And now I've harmed the garden. It's hard to tell the difference between good and bad. Sometimes they grow together, sometimes they look just like each other, and sometimes in our attempt to weed out things, we end up throwing away the very thing we want. At the core of this story is the reminder of how difficult it is to tell weed from wheat. They look exactly the same almost. And the problem is that they seem to grow up together entwined in each other. You can't just pull out the weeds. Even if we see what seems like evil choking out the good, we don't know what lies under the soil. And so Jesus says, just leave it be. Just let it be until the harvest comes. Sometimes what you think is actually a weed is a good plant. And what you thought is a good plant is a weed. They're not easily distinguished from each other. I think the part of this story we often don't pay attention to, friends, is the analogy. When we hear the scripture preached, oftentimes we're told that we are the weeds and the wheat of the field. If you've heard it preached before, maybe you've heard that. That is what we're talking about in this parable. The kingdom of God, God's people are the weeds and the wheat. 
And so the biggest problem in this story is that the people who are taking care of the field, the weeds and the wheat themselves, they're the ones who want to do the work of weeding each other out. This story never tells us that weeds and wheat have any idea how to know one another from each other. And that's the real problem here. Christ tells them to let it be because they don't know how to tell each other apart. Because they're trying to do a job that isn't theirs to do. If we want to find ourselves in this story, friends, we know we're not the head of the house. So God's people must be the crops in the field. For most of us, we perhaps want to think of ourselves as wheat, right? Most people are going, I'm probably a really good piece of wheat. I'm like the best piece of wheat that would make the tastiest sourdough bread. I don't know how to make that analogy. (laughs) And maybe some of us know there's weeds tangled up in our roots. Maybe some of us know wheat when we see it. And maybe some of us think we know weeds when we see them. The problem is, Jesus never assigned us that task. In this story, we're tempted to look around and judge and decide what's evil and who is evil. Who needs to be uprooted from this garden? But friends, that's not our job. We're plants, not field workers. We're just weed or wheat, not the householder. The challenging part of this story, I think, is that it reminds us how little we actually know. While the world is filled with evil and weeds may choke us, while we might be kind of weedy ourselves, it's not the job of the wheat or the weeds to clear the fields or judge the harvest. It's just their job to grow well. And friends, I hope that's a relief to you. Sometimes I wonder how people who spend so much time trying to discern weed from wheat aren't constantly exhausted. How the folks who I grew up around who just constantly preach fire and brimstone and fear who used to walk past me as I stood in my backyard walking my pet bunny on his leash, that's a real thing, and try to save me from burning in hell while a nine-year-old me stood there confused. Because when he asked me when I was saved by Jesus, I was like, I thought we all did that at the same time, like 2,000 years ago. I wonder how those people feel so much pressure when they think their salvation hinges upon knowing weed from weeds. When in truth, it's just their job to grow themselves. I think it's a relief to know 
that our job is to just let wheat and weed be who they are and sort themselves out in the end. We have no ability to tell each other apart accurately. In fact, I'm sure some of us have looked at people in our lives and thought, my God, you are the weediest weed I have ever met in my life. That used to happen to me, and the place it happened more often than anywhere was divinity school. It's real. I, as a divinity school student, would sit in class and I'd look around and go, I don't understand how you are called by Jesus. And then I know those people were looking at me going, I don't understand how you are called by Jesus. And the problem with that, friends, is we were all a bunch of people in school to be pastors thinking we're the head of the house when we're just weeds and wheat. We have no ability to tell one from the other. We aren't qualified, we aren't made for that work. This story, friends, is a story about judgment like the workers in the field, like the weeds and the wheat themselves, we may think it's our job to clean ourselves up, to kick each other out, to judge who gets to flourish and grow in the kingdom next to us, but it's not. In this parable, Jesus says, let it be. Leave it alone. Just grow as well as you can. Our job, friends, is to deepen our roots, to be mindful of where we might feel ourselves getting tangled up, to pay attention to the sun when it shines upon us, to feel the goodness of life-giving water when it falls like rain. This parable does promise that the kingdom of heaven will have a harvest day, that the householder will sort everything out in the end, and some of us will end up one place and other people will end up in another. And I'm not fully convinced the large majority of us won't find ourselves in a barn wondering how the heck all these other people also got here. (laughs) At this time, friends, I wanna invite you to take a moment to look at your own heart and to wonder when have I tried to be the householder or the field worker in this story rather than just being the best wheat I can. Sometimes parables, scripture convicts us I myself find myself falling into this trap all the time. When people who are different than me and have very different theologies and are convinced I am weed, I also label as weed too. I have to check myself because perhaps there is goodness that will grow from them that I cannot see. Perhaps there is growth and work being done by God that I know nothing about. Maybe transformation is coming. Who have you decided is a weed 
that should be excluded from the fellowship of Christ's church? Who have you decided is evil and needs to be uprooted and kicked out of the garden? Have you declared yourself capable of doing the work of the sower? And friend, as you've been trying to do the work that is not yours, how have you neglected yourself in your growth? Friends, this story isn't so scary. When we realize it's not the job of the people who call us weeds to sort us out in the end, and it's not our job to sort out other people. When we just let it be and realize we're all thrown into this garden together by the most recklessly loving, good gardener, by this gardener who makes no sense and brings forth a better crop than we have ever known possible. Thanks be to God, friends. At this time, I'd like to invite you to join me for our communion liturgy, which is found on page 12 in your hymnal. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sins before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news, friends. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. And continuing together on page 13. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join the unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering death and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and by spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, 
Christ took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drank it in remembrance of me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith together. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, O oh God and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. The table is set, friends. And it is a table with a seat for each of you. At this time, you're invited to come forward to take a piece of bread, to consume it. We have gluten-free options available if you need that to take the cup and consume that. You're invited to kneel at the altar if you would like to. We ask that you return the cups to the trays found on either side of the aisle. Come and eat, friends.
finding myself in the midst of you beyond the music beyond the noise all that I need is to be with you and in the quiet I hear your voice word of God speak would you pour down like rain washing my eyes to see your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place please let me stay and rest in your holiness word of God
in response to God's good works in our life, friends, at this time, we will collect our offering. If you're visiting with us this morning, you'll find at either end of the pews connect cards. We would love for you to fill one of those out so that we can connect with you. If you have any questions, if you'd like more information about music ministry or children's ministry, or you'd like to grab coffee with me sometime, please just write that down and we'd love to do that with you. We also invite you to check out in our Narthex, our open library. We have welcome um, kits, which are open table notebooks with information about the church and some frequently asked questions as well as stickers and t-shirts and all that good stuff. So please feel free to check those out and let us return some of the many things God has given us back to God. Sing of your love forever. 
I could sing of your love forever. And please remain standing for our doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. you prepare to go out back into the world today, friends, we invite you, if you would like, to come heck, check out our parlor, which is found directly behind this wall. We have available to you some snacks, some coffee, some tea, all of that sort of good stuff. And so we invite you to come enjoy that and fellowship with one another. Also a reminder that Vacation Bible School will be happening today after church until 3 p.m. So that you, if you have a child, you have an afternoon to go enjoy lunch or nap or whatever thing it is you do. At this time, I invite you to join me in saying our benediction together. May you go forth filled with God's grace that overflows in hospitality and care for your neighbors as we work with God to bring about a new life-giving reality for all creation. Amen. Go in peace, friends.